Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by Amazing Spiral Comics in the Rotunda Mall in Hamden, Maryland. Selling singles online as I Want My MTG. And you can find our online store on our website, IWantMyMTG.com. You can also find our podcast every week on thestarkingtonpost.com, top8magic.com, o2drop.com, and mtgcast.com. Hi, this is Ken Nagel. This is Patrick Chapin. Hi, this is Evan Irwin. And you're you're listening, listening to Yo! MTG, MTG Taps. The way you are now, you're never gonna make the fall. Even though everybody's so impressed, you've got to Android dream of electric sheep under your pillow. Oh. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Yo! MTG Taps. This is Joey Pasco. Um, at the moment, I am by myself, but hopefully. We will be getting a call from Big Head Joe momentarily. Um, he doesn't know we we're about to podcast, um, <laughs> but I figured um, we had originally decided to possibly not do an episode this week, but um, we kind of would like to get something out uh, for before the GP, so this might be a short one. We'll see what happens. Um, hoping to have the, uh, the phone ring any second now, and he's calling right now. You're on speaker. Oh, cool. Because we're recording an episode right now, me and you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally just pressed record like, you know, a minute ago or something and just did like the intro and said, all right, hopefully Joe's going to call any second now. And there he is. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good. Okay, cool. So what's up? What's cracking? Uh, I just figured we could do like a um, some sort of, uh, you know, short episode at least pre-GP just because I don't think we're going to be able to get together beforehand and I thought you know we can just do something short and just talk about maybe I mean I don't know how you feel about it about uh talking about what you're going to play or at least some of the uh thought processes going into oh, God, what you're going to well, play I mean my, my thought processes are so screwed right now me and Scotty Mack had a brainstorming session last night and it was just like I mean it was great and I don't want to give away too much um because he has a couple ideas. Some of them are really crazy. Some of them are, you know, I don't know. Some of them are really fucking good. Pardon my French, but uh, that was French. We're, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we're definitely okay. I, all I can say is that we're going to play some build of Planeswalkers. Cool. Um, and we have a couple tricks up our sleeve um, that we think are kind of brutal um, and uh, it's kind of exciting. I have a lot to do with me lending out my Venge vines. <laughs> for the GP, so oh, did you? I didn't I know that. Have those, so um, who'd you lend them know, to? I, I, I liked. I, I did get to play around with the Green White Benjamin deck um, on Friday, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, and there's still other avenues I want to explore with it, like Lone Lion, um, and, and I still want to try even Mimeomancer because, like, even Mimeomancer on a Lone Lion makes a four-three flyer. You know, right. so it's just kind of like. It seems like a lot of fun to play with, but um, yeah, whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to have fun. I want to win magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's uh, that's my, my entire goal is play in the GP and have fun. So, you know, win or lose. So basically, oh, yeah. I'm like totally playing. I, my my main concern is just play something that isn't so. Uh, that, that is at least resilient somewhat to mana screw. You know what I mean? A little bit like that it can either 
you know, still either doesn't get mana screwed very often or, or color screwed, you know, or if it is, it still can kind of bounce back a little bit. So, it, strangely, I've been really leaning towards some sort of aggro list, whether it be Mythic, uh, Mythic Conscription, Naya, Mono Red. Like, those are the decks that are in my head <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, like, those are awesome deck. Yeah, and it, but it's just funny because I obviously have been using blue-white control for so long, and it's not that I'm really bored with it. I'm bored. I'm definitely not bored with it. I love the deck, but I, I feel like I might have more fun just smashing face at the GP, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, winning, yeah, no, I, before, I yeah, sure. winning before yeah. other people can get a foothold. You know, so I'm... Uh, and, and that's why, like, yesterday I was like, uh, get me some Sovereigns of Lost Alara if you can, because I want that to be a, an option for me. I don't want to be, like, scrambling at the GP to try to grab Sovereigns of Lost Alara if that's something I decide I want to play. Right, right, right. So, uh... Yeah, so, um, so uh, I was going to talk to you real quick about Sunday, because I went and played Sunday, and I didn't do well. I went 1-2... Um, and I dropped, and, I, and it was five rounds. I would have stayed and played the five rounds, and I mean, I actually was there till like seven o'clock at night. Oh, wow. <laughs> but um, but like, what happened was, um, remember, I've, I've been bitching about my sleeve a lot lately. Yeah. You know, and like, and I and I kept using this analogy, and I kept getting yelled at at Legends because it's such a long analogy. <laughs> uh, Roddy was like, "God, really? You're gonna like that was your analogy? It took you two minutes to." <laughs> well, go ahead. Here, here's your forum to explain your your analogy. Okay, okay. So, so okay. I'm not blaming the sleeves for my poor performance. Okay, I will not blame anything that I do poorly on anything but myself. Okay. Okay. Um, it would. I mean, yes, it would help to draw blue sources and red sources when you're playing a three color deck, but I don't blame those things. <laughs> I should have played better. I should have mulliganed better, etc. Dragon Shield sleeves from 
Legends. Hmm. What so color? 100 count, and I'm ready to rock for the GP. <laughs> what color? Because that's important. Gold. Okay. <laughs> I was just curious. No, no, no. Scotty Mack asked too, and uh, and uh, he said those are good ones. So okay, there you go. He's a he's a proponent of the Dragon Shield. He loves them. Um, apparently, they went under, which I've heard once or twice. But, so, uh, oh yeah, that sucks. I, I they're my favorite, and hopefully they didn't go under. But it sounds seems that way because they're not available like anywhere. It's it's really yeah, odd I to heard me. They are no longer a company, um, which is which Arcane Tin Men, I guess, is the name of the company, right? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, but I didn't. I managed to pick up the last pack of those from Legends. Are you sure you're? Are you not worried about like telegraphing a multicolored deck by playing gold, right? It's it's all a Lara block, right? Um, um you, so I, I wanted to mention this because you brought up mulliganing and how you know about blaming yourself. And uh, I actually just read an article just before I called you uh, that was posted on O2Drop.com um, by Drew McLean. Uh-huh. Uh, Drew McLean did the article, and basically, it's just a quick, it's it's very short article about um, about mulliganing and how important it is. And he advocates um, actually taking at least a minute to look at your hand, or, or or a full minute, maybe not at least a minute. That's a little little much if you keep keep sitting there forever. But um, <laughs> but uh, spend an entire minute looking at your opening hand and make sure you have a plan for the first four turns of the game. Um, which which you is interesting. Be careful on that one though, because you don't want to get called on slow play. But, uh, right, right. But I mean, it's at least. But, but it does make perfect. It's, it's a very uh, intelligent thing to uh, advise people on. Yeah, I, I mean, and and I've literally like most games, I spend ten seconds, you know, <laughs> looking, <laughs> and that's that's the uh, the games that I, I I think my hand is iffy, and so I'll like look at it and decide. But ten seconds is nothing, so. But anyway, I think the important thing is that you actually think about your hand rather than looking and going, three lands, four spells, keep, and that's it. Because I definitely, right, right. I definitely made that mistake against you in F and M uh, the other day. I had I had like island, island. I don't I don't know what the opener was, but whatever it was, I think I had like a chalice and a couple of white spells, and the game went uh, island go, island go, or, or maybe island chalice go. Island, go. Scalding Tarn, go. Lose. That was it. You know? <laughs> it was like I couldn't play anything in my hand. I, I, I was, it was a terrible keep. I mean, I had all white spells and all blue lands and just assumed that I would draw into something to play. Right. And um, so, so it's a good idea, and I wanted to mention it, just especially because it was fresh in my mind. Um, but on the other hand, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum... Uh, I've heard, and I mentioned this to you the other day, that uh, Gerard Fabiano's uh, mulligan rule is never mulligan. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how accurate that is, or how, um, you know, how extreme he he takes that rule. But I've I've heard that before, and I, I thought that was kind of funny. So, um, but yeah, so for this weekend, it really looks like uh, taking into account what we've we may have seen. Um, from the national qualifiers. Uh, speaking of which, congratulations to Mike Flores, BDM, Gavin Verhe, um, Christian Calcano, I think, also. Uh, all these people qualified for Nats. Russell Tassiker qualified for Australian Nationals. Um, so a, a good chunk of people have, have qualified, um, and it's going to make uh, Nationals pretty exciting, being able to just follow those people. You know, the, I'll be excited if I can get these damn... Uh, 
DDRs to work, frankly. But, oh, he's uh, trying to burn a disc right <laughs> trying to burn a mix CD. The saga continues, Joe. Uh, um, fair enough. But yeah, so, so what I was going to say was in the wake of this uh, national qualifier weekend, it really seems like Standard is such a wide-open format because we've got decks like Grixis winning, uh, Polymorph, Blue-White Control, Blue-White Tapout, Blue-White Red Planeswalkers, Mono Red, Naya, Mythic, Conscrip- Conscription Mythic. I mean, these are all top decks. It's, yeah, it's nuts. and Jund. Don't forget oh, oh, Jund. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. I actually did forget Jund. <laughs> It's that healthy of a format that you forgot to mention, John. Exactly. Like, that is, that's intense. I mean, really, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, job, Wizards, Christ. Yeah, like. I think really the format at this point all comes down to play skill and familiarity with your own deck rather than what deck you chose uh, when compared to the other decks in the format because things are, the format is so healthy that you're, likely to run into a good mix of those decks. So you can't be yeah. like, well, my deck loses to this one archetype, um, and right. and that's all I played, so that's why I lost. But at the Grand Prix this weekend, I think, uh, I think you're l- very likely to see a good mix of decks. And, um, yeah, and, and and with Conley Woods in the format and being present at the Grand Prix, you're likely you're you're likely to face an even wider. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna get <laughs> something, something entirely. Were he not there? Um, yeah, well, I think that mostly depends on if you play against Conley or somebody that uh, that asked Conley if they could have his deck, and he made them some sort of financial, uh, you know, put them in some sort of financial bind to uh, <laughs> to do it. As in, you have to play this deck card for card, or give me fifty bucks, like he did last time. I think that was at. Uh, I believe that was at Pro Tour San Diego that he did that. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, so like, like I said, there's, there's a wide variety of decks that I'm considering. I It's either going to be blue-white control because it's what I'm technically most comfortable with. I just don't, right. I just don't feel like um, I want to be playing round after round that goes to time or close to it if uh, if I'm playing a control deck. So... There's right, that, and, right? No, I totally understand that. And um, you know, I've been meaning to. Uh, I just really want to play with Vengevine. It's you know, it's one of those cards that's just. I haven't gotten to play with it yet. I have them, but I haven't built anything with it yet. So that's something I've really considered. Like uh, Gavin Verhey just qualified for nationals with uh, with a Naya list that Jerry T was. Uh, Jerry T kind of put out there on Friday night, I think. Uh, and it's essentially, you know, it's it's a uh, kind of a Naya lightsaber looking list, or a uh, boss Naya kind of looking thing. What's but all in it? I haven't looked at it, although my internet is back. Oh, right. Awesome. Yeah, so I can look at stuff, I just haven't got around to it. Uh, let me see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up right now. It's Vengevine Naya is... Uh, is, nice. is what uh, Gavin titled it anyway. Um, it's one basilisk. Yeah, uh, one basilisk collar, one behemoth sledge, two stoneforge mystic to tutor those up. Um, four bloodbraid elf, four cunning Sc- spark mage, four knight of the reliquary, three lotus cobra, four noble hierarch, three ranger of eos, one scoot mob, four vengevine, three wild nakatl, and that's it. So. Uh, you know, there are lands in the deck also, um, <laughs> including three Raging Ravine, two Stirring Wildwoods. Um, 
but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, the main deck is all creatures besides those two artifacts, so it makes the Vengevine rebuy very likely, especially with uh, Ranger and Bloodbraid Elf. So uh, that's something, that's actually what my, my, um, that's my top choice at the moment, just because, uh, I mean, I when I played Naya last year, I think I, I had a block constructed, a, a Lara block constructed Naya deck you know, about this time last year, or, or actually a little before uh, Alara Reborn came out, and I really liked it. Um, it was very different than than this, but I really enjoyed playing those three colors. I think I think I had uh, like Wild Nacatls, and um, I don't even remember what the two drop was, but it was like Wooly Thoktar and uh, and a Johnny was the four drop. You know, it was, <laughs> there was no Bloodbraid Elf, but it, it seemed like a strong deck. Oh, I had Elspeth in there. I'm pretty sure. So so, uh, but I had fun playing that deck, and so I. I considering this, because it really is all about Vengevine, and that's the card that I want to play with, so. Um, the sideboard is another Behemoth Sledge, two Pithing Needle, two Kasali Pride Mage, three Mana Barbs, which I actually will need to get um, if I want to play those, uh, three Oblivion Ring, and four Path to Exile, so plenty of spells in there for whatever it is you're, you happen to be facing, but uh, the the main deck is all all about the creatures, so I like it. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I, you know what? I, I, I feel you know I feel so bad for hmm. a Johnny Goldmane. Poor Johnny Goldmane. He had he got a deck with thirty four creatures, and nobody's like, "Gee whiz, I would like to give them all counters and give them vigilance." <laughs> Nobody thinks that. Nobody. Yeah, well, he had his time. I mean, he really was huge last year, you know, with that black white token stuff. Uh, he killed opposing with Johnny Vengeance, too. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I feel so bad for the poor guy. Even like, a Johnny Vengeance, like, though. Look at all them creatures. They're all running out on the battlefield. I want to join them. Like, don't, don't forget, though, that a Johnny Goldmane is a Johnny Vengeance, so he isn't actually sad at all. They're the same guy. <laughs> oh, that's true. And he is getting a lot of love these days. My yeah. favorite card in standard, a Johnny Vengeant. Um, yeah, and, and th- that's another thing, though. I mean, where is a Johnny Vengeant? He's in Blue, White, Red Planeswalkers, but that's about it. So it's not even... And that deck isn't as universally adopted as Black, White Tokens, at least I, I don't think so, because I feel like Black, White Tokens was... I, I think when well, Black... <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, when, when Black White Tokens was around, was a big deck, it was like five color control, tokens, and fairies, and really, like, those were the big three. Right now, there aren't a big three. I mean, I think, if anything, there's some version of blue-white is at the top, but there's multiple versions of that blue-white list, and I think Planeswalkers takes up part of that uh, percentage, and control, the classic control, pl- takes part up part of that percentage, and uh, tap out takes another part of that percentage. So you can say blue-white's the best deck, but which version of blue-white is it exactly? Or, or maybe not the best deck, but the most prevalent deck. But, you know, right. there's multiple versions, and only one of those versions has a Johnny Vengeant in it, so he's not even seeing as much play in my rough estimation that I'm just totally throwing out there without any data to back it up, uh, as a Johnny Goldman did. So... <laughs> 
Um, so you know, no uh, no tears for Johnny Goldman. He was he was big when he was uh, when he was in the black white tokens deck. So I have no uh, I, I don't feel bad for him at all. And especially because you know, Vengeance is is just fine right now. But uh, oh, great, love him. But then you know the other decks, mono red, uh, devastating red. I think looks really fun, and that one won't get color screwed. Um, so, so that is especially appealing to me, especially if I can win games really fast or lose games really fast, I guess. But, uh, you know, especially if I can, I can play rounds that fast, like that's really attractive to me right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was the, uh, Rise of the Eldrazi sealed format that made me suddenly become like very aware of going to time and having to go play another round, like within 30 seconds of finishing the previous round. And how kind of a I mean, you're not even a smoker. Like, no, and it doesn't bother you that much. Right, right. But I mean, sometimes you just like to take a a breather for just a few minutes, and it's like you know, not being able to do that sometimes. I think is uh, it's just more grating on your nerves or, or your your brain power. Yeah, um, no, it's true. When you don't have time to stop and think, like, okay, Sunday, my bus was 15 minutes late. So instead of getting there with enough time to, like, casually sign up and wander down to 7-Eleven and get my energy drink for the morning and then go back, I had to run in. Lloyd had already paid my entry fee for me. <laughs> I had to run in and sit down in front of my opponent and play. It was just, it was really stressful. Wow. Um, yeah, just because my bus was late and the bus runs once an hour on Sunday, so it's either I hit that bus or I miss it and miss the tournament. So. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just, just to give everybody a recommendation, the most recent Starkington podcast with Patrick Chapin on it is very, uh, it's well worth listening to. It's a short cast. I don't think it's more than 25 minutes or so, but basically they talk a little bit about the current standard and, um, you know, all these beatdown leanings that I have were only... Chapin added fuel to the fire by saying he's thinking of playing beatdown. So I'm like, well, that's an, that's another player I respect, and he's considering beatdown too. So you know, I, I have to. Uh, it, it just just made me want to play it more, or made me at least feel more uh, comfortable with with doing that kind of thing. Now again, am I going to end up playing a tournament and ent- entering a tournament without having played the deck? I hope not. God, we'll, we'll, we'll be on there Friday. We're going to get to play test like all night anyway. Yeah, and it sounds like Kelly Reed's going to make it. I don't know if you've seen that. I know. That's so exciting. I saw that on Twitter this morning. Yeah, he's... Uh, Absolutely fantastic. I, I think we're somehow giving him a ride, although we haven't figured out the plans yet. I'm yeah, glad, glad he's going to be there. Uh, uh, I, so I, and, and there's there's rumbling. People are trying to uh, to talk Flores into day-tripping down for the PTQ on Sunday. Yeah, but he he hasn't replied at all. Like I just asked him, um, him and BDM, um, saying, you know, any chance at all you guys are making it to DC? And BDM replied to me within like ten minutes or something, saying that he's skipping DC. But Flores, he's tweeting all about Survivor, but not uh, replying to <laughs> any of my my questions regarding, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? When is good for you? Are you coming to D.C.? None of that stuff. It, if I maybe tagged it with Survivor, maybe he would see it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, 
Um, I had this written down. It's totally, it's sort of off topic, but I figure since I had it written down, what better time to bring it up than right now? This is, uh, Scotty Mack has kind of been, um, and I'm sure you've had more conversations with him than I have recently, especially. Um, but he, he really likes Abyssal Persecutor. And, uh, he, the main thing he keeps bringing up as far as, uh, as far as Abyssal Persecutor is concerned, is how many people don't know how to play against it. And uh, and I have just two examples, one of which is from an episode of Draw Go Radio, which I uh, I thought was thought was funny and I wanted to bring it up. And the other is uh, is Harrison's situation. Do you remember? Yes, yes. Okay, good. I'm glad you remembered that because I totally forgot to bring that up. So we'll, I'll go with the first one. It was the uh, Draw Go Radio example was... Um, uh, basically, the one player controls Abyssal Persecutor and is um, a- and their opponent is at zero life and casts Slave of Bolus on his opponent's Persecutor. Oh my god. <laughs> to steal it, so as soon as it resolves, they're <laughs> dead. It's like, really? <laughs> um, so that, that's... Uh, that's, like one of the fun- that's so awesome, oh my god. It seems like it would be good, right? Like, I'm stealing your 6-6 flyer. But it's just like people just don't... I, I don't know if people think, like, their their wires get crossed and they think it's, like, Platinum Angel. Like, I, I, people are so used to the Platinum Angel thing over, you know, since it, it's been around for the last seven years. It's like people don't understand, like, no, you you can be at zero life and live... If your opponent has the persecutor, not if you do, it's just very strange, you know, thought processes. But uh, did you want to tell tell Harrison's story, or did you want me to? Um, I think I, I think I can tell it. Okay. Um, so Harrison is playing against Mason, and Mason's a younger kid, but he's he's not he's not too bad at magic. He's not bad at magic at all. He's pretty good. So. Anyway, Mason is playing uh, vampires, and uh, Harrison is playing vampires. I, I think he was playing Jund with Persecutor. I'm pretty sure. A, a, a freakish, it, it, a freakish version of vampires. Uh, yeah, I don't even a know. Persecutor, and um, so he's been attacking with the Persecutor, attacking with the Persecutor, and, um, and, and Mason's at less than zero life. So then. Um, Harrison's like, man, like, how am I going to get rid of this persecutor? Yeah, he's like, he has no way of getting rid of it. He has no way of getting rid of it at all. Uh, got, I mean, he just wanted it in the deck, and then he was like, oh, crap. Like, how am I getting rid of this damn thing? So, Mason plays Anawan the Ruin Sage. <laughs> That's right. Anawan the Ruin Sage. And Harrison, and Harrison even uh, during his upkeep, he's like, how can get rid of this persecutor? And then he looks down at Anawan and goes, oh, sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it seems, I mean, I, in that case, at least, uh, it, you know, it was against Mason, who, like you said, is a younger kid, and he's not, like, uh, the most skillful player yet. You know, if he keeps playing, I think he'll become one, but at the moment, he's a little young, so maybe that's a bad example, but I just thought it was pretty hilarious that, uh, he plays Anawan the Ruin Sage, which, for the record, is the uh, 4-3 vampire that has, uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, each player sacrifices a non-vampire creature. Of course, uh, 
with this name Abyssal Persecutor is not a vampire, so it's just it just gave him a way to get rid of it. Pretty hilarious. I, I thought it was pretty funny. I think the the way to play against Persecutor is just to kill it like it's a 6-6 six, six, and not even think too much about the reverse Platinum Angel effect. Anyway, like I said, this would be a short episode. I think we're coming up... We're, we're just a hair over 30 minutes right now, and I think that was about my target for it. I just wanted people to have something. Um, but be, you know, make no mistake, we're going to have some huge episodes... Uh, yeah, plural episodes coming up. For the GP, I think we're going to have a lot of interviews just uh, with just a lot of different people. So next week, I think you're going to have... I, I might have to slow roll them a little bit just for time's sake. You know, like I can't necessarily just throw everything up all at the same time, but... I'm pretty excited. I mean, this is going to be a lot of fun. Like, that's the thing. Like, I know I know, I was talking smack. Like, I'm just going down there to win. No, I'm not. I'm going down there to have fun. I definitely want to be playing, you know, what, what I might think is the strongest deck. You know, I want to give myself the best chance to win, but it's a win-win this weekend, you know? Like, there's so many, like, people to party with if, uh, um, you know, if Saturday goes badly. <laughs> exactly. I'm almost like, it, it, uh, like you said, it's win-win. I'm almost kind of like, well, if I scrub out, that gives me plenty of time to like podcast and just play side events and whatever, just hang out with people. And if I'm winning, well, great. You know, like I'm winning in the GP. Right. If I make day two, great. If not, then I have day two to, uh, you know, do anything like any number. Yeah, of, do coverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, but. One way or another, or either way, it's just going to be a great time. Um, we should have our shirts. I just confirmed that with uh, with the company that we're getting our shirts from. So apparently they're shipping out tomorrow, and they should get here by Thursday. So that's the plan there. O2 Drop apparently will also have shirts available at yep, the event. They will. So I'm excited to get one of those. Um, they look pretty awesome. Um, yeah, they do. I really like their shirts. They're kick-ass. Yeah. And, uh, I also, yeah, I didn't want, I almost forgot about this, but, um, at the event, I know, uh, Adam mentioned it on the episode where we interviewed him, but Adam Stiborski is, uh, hosting a showcase of casual magic on Saturday afternoon through Sunday. Um, so for those of you who aren't playing in the GP, but maybe local to the, you know, to the Chantilly, Virginia area, you can certainly come down and find something to do. It, you don't have to be playing in standard. You can play any number of side events and uh, and this casual magic showcase as well. So, so I think that's it for for this episode. And we will be coming back to you shortly, uh, just a couple days from now, and uh, we'll have some GP coverage. You know whether that whether it's split up into a bunch of chunks over the weekend or they start coming out. Uh, you know, on Monday or Tuesday or something. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get to meet a bunch of you people too, which would be awesome. Come exactly. I'm the guy with the huge beard, and Joe's the guy that looks just like his cartoon. Yeah, and uh, we'll probably be wearing Yo MTG Tap shirts all weekend, so. Then that's probably going to be a giveaway too, but yeah. hopefully we'll be one of many people wearing Yo MTG Tap shirts this weekend. So exactly. It might not be that relevant. Right. Damn. But it'll at least be some clue. Like, you you know, you see the shirt, then kind of look 
above the neck and figure out if we look at all like the cartoons that you've seen. So, um, yeah, it's like, oh man, I can't see that guy's chin. That must be Big Head Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thanks, uh, thanks for listening. And if you're at the GP, come and come up and say hi. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll meet a ton of people. Yeah, definitely. There are a million ways to contact us. Uh, emails, uh, umtgtaps at gmail.com. We've got a Twitter account, twitter.com slash taps, And Joey's is twitter.com slash affinityforblue. Um, you can find us online. Our website's iwantmymtg.com, where we do sell magic singles. Well, I also, I forgot about this special announcement. Uh, we are now available on John Medina's mtgmetagame.com as well. Yeah. Do you have something else you wanted to say? Well, there's the voicemail line, 331-MTG-TAPS. You guys should really call. Oh, okay, here we go. Contest, contest. I'm just, I'm just coming up with it off the top of my head. All right. Best voicemail we get between now and the end of the GP Get the free shirt. Huh? That's pretty good, but let's give them until let's give them a couple days after that because that's going to make people have to call in pretty quickly because the GP is just you know it ends on Sunday and I if people don't even download it until Monday, you know for whatever reason good, some people good don't point, download good it. Point. So uh, okay, so, so so we'll give you two weeks. How okay, about how about this? Today today is May seventeenth, and of course the GP ends on the twenty third. So how about this? Best voicemail we get by June first. Sounds good. June first. The morning of June first is the deadline. So there it is. So there you go. Uh, best voicemail gets a free shirt. I like it. There it is. Yep, it sounds good because we need some voicemails anyway. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Like you were a Peter Pan This is the one you told me about. Yeah, and it was a dollar fifty, and I was like, I like dollar fifty energy drinks. It actually tasted pretty good, but uh, it said "rock on, rock hard, rock solid." And I said to my first round opponent, "Hey, um, you know, I bought this in a rush. It might be an aphrodisiac, so I apologize if anything pops up or if any problems arise." Um, <laughs> Awesome. Can I also can I also mention the best? That's what she said. I've ever been been just handed in my whole life. Maybe not the best one in history, but the best one that I've ever been just lobbed to knock out of the park. Right? Go for it. Me and Lloyd are ordering pizza on Friday, and the guy goes, 14 inch pepperoni." And I was like, "That's what she said." I couldn't help it. <laughs> I, had to, I had to I had to let it fly, man. It was it was too perfect. Yeah, you did uh, mention that one to me. I forgot about it, but I—it I, is—it's a good. That's what she said, but I think I—I uh, I feel like there could have been a better response in the same vein. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, so I think there would have been a better response, you know, something like, as long as you don't make me prove it, or, or, or I can prove it, something, you know, like... Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, speaking of which, Jund is dead. Mythic is the best deck, um, and that last girl you were dating is the one you were going to marry. Um, oh fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry. I had to say that. I had, I had to. All right, let, let's wrap it up now. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god.